Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. This week's guest is Heather McLean of New Balance Boston, a UMass graduate and Massachusetts native who ran 405 in the 1500 and two flat this year in the 800. We talked about how the New Balance women are navigating the pandemic. Uh, we talked about coming from Boston and running professionally here. Uh, how to navigate social media as a female athlete, and pretty much everything in between. This was a really fun conversation, and Heather's somebody I've wanted to have on the podcast for a really long time. Uh, You'll definitely enjoy the episode, uh, and don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, do all the things that you do. And until next time, this has been Run Your Mouth. Yeah, let's do it. Sweet. Crack the crack the beer and get going. Well, welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. Uh, we have a great episode on tap today with a long-awaited guest, uh, Heather McLean. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I know. I'm so excited to finally be doing this because I feel like I have wanted to have you on the pod for a really long time and now I guess in a good way it's like it's good year end year beginning content so and we live 0.1 miles from each other so it's just a matter of time yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's for sure so yeah so how's it going like how's uh how's the holidays been good the holidays have been great um I've got to see a little bit of my family I'm I'm pretty local so uh I'm definitely in a privilege arena where we were all able to get tested so that we could safely see each other and uh, feel really safe about it and uh, I have a lot of siblings so I wasn't able to see all of my siblings but I was able to see my mom and help out a little bit so that was really great and uh, just being able to be really close and travel home was nice as well. High, the, the holidays can be isolating in general and super isolating during COVID obviously so it's been uh, good that I've been able to see my mom and help her out and see my younger siblings. Yeah, awesome. So for the record, uh, how many siblings do you have? <laughs> so I have seven siblings. <laughs> and so there's a lot of us, of course. And I have four nephews and I have a nephew and a niece that are on the way. Both going to be quarantine babies. So Aww, I'm really exciting. excited. I have a really big family, um, just like sibling wise. So it's usually super exciting around the holidays and every year I look forward to it so um I do get to stay in contact with them all the time of course but I am missing them a lot lately and it's like especially weird because this is the first time in our life that we've all been so close to each other like proximity wise uh so So it is super hard (laughs) I know (laughs) it's tough but uh of course that's the safest option at the moment but I, I love them all, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I will say for the listener, like, there is an excellent episode with Heather on our friend Dana Giordano's podcast, More Than Running, where you talk a lot about, like, your path to running mm-hmm. and your story. And it's, like, a really interesting story. And I don't want to, like, <laughs> make it seem that I'm disregarding that by not asking well, you about that. <laughs> mostly just saving you the effort of having to tell all the same stories for the second time. Oh, yeah. But everyone go listen to that. Um, But no, one of the things I wanted to say, because you said everyone was local, I feel like you and I have this um, 
extra street cred of being <laughs> like Boston runners that are from Boston. Because, like, you'll hear, like, a lot of, like, you know, the BAA folks, the New Balance mm-hmm. folks, a lot of people will be like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really proud to be, like, a Boston runner. Like, you're, like <laughs> you're not really a Boston runner, though. Yeah, it's definitely good for us to have, like, uh, those roots in the area. Um, even if we're, like, a little outside, you know, the city city, like, we still have a lot of familiarity, familiarity with the city and, like, the culture that revolves around the city. And so I think that just makes us unique in a way because a lot of... Boston runners, like, come into Boston and live here, but, like, aren't necessarily, like, Boston born and bred. So, I mean, I think that's really interesting and it's really cool. And uh, it's really great to, like, be in the city that you grew up around and uh, always wanted to be a part of the culture around the city. So, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Boston, New Balance, Boston Company. So, it's like, oh, you yeah. know, the, the home... Home stripes. I went to the uh, flagship state school. Like, I did it all. <laughs> you've, uh, you've raced a lot of Reggie Lewis is what you're saying. Yes. A lot of Reggie Lewis, a lot of BU. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, do you have a, do you have a, I know some people, I, I feel this way where it's like, I don't have the Boston accent, but I have enough Boston people in my family that like, oh, yeah. do, do you have like the Boston accent comes out when you're with your family? Oh my gosh, that... yeah. So my dad, he moved to California when I was younger. Oh, also I say California weird, which I never knew I said weird until like the girls on the team pointed it out. Um, but Mark says California the same way that I do. So I know that like it's a Boston thing. It's always um, place names, I find. Like that's, because I don't have yeah. as... as People can tell on, you know, 50 episodes of the podcast, I don't have a Boston accent in case you didn't Mm -hmm. know this, but like, yeah, it's like Arlington, like Marlboro, like Peabody, you're from. It's weird, like Revere, like Revere's very, like, uh, my mom grew up in Revere, so she has a very thick accent, like my dad grew up in the area, he has a very thick accent, um, or had a very thick accent, and uh, I don't necessarily have an accent, but it definitely comes out at certain times, and I always say that I know someone's from the area if they say my, uh like god-given name which is heather instead of heather (laughs) uh so yeah yeah that's uh, but when i get angry i think it comes out which i don't get angry very often but also it comes out when i'm around my family and half my family still has like a very thick accent that's always what it is. It's by osmosis. Like oh, my, yeah. da- my dad's family is like all from here mm-hmm. and it's a much stronger on, on that side and mm-hmm. that will, <laughs> it comes out and you, it can't be stopped. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, no, it's, it's there. And uh, you, it's in certain words that I say, like you can never really get rid of it. It's kind of just ingrained in there. <laughs> oh yeah. I got made fun of for room a lot. When oh I went my to gosh. <laughs> and obviously you're, a well-documented Duncan fan. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I'll peak in life and in this sport, hopefully the sport, when I'm sponsored by Duncan. Like, I honestly think I'm the perfect candidate for them. I think you are, too. <laughs> I was I born mean... and bred. We went to Duncan every single day growing up on the way to school. <laughs> I know my mom's Duncan order by heart. <laughs> if anybody wants to know, send her a copy. That'd be great. But... I think I would peak in this sport if I've gone sponsored by them. <laughs> yeah, so so Charlie D'Amelia has the the Charlie. What's the Heather? <laughs> yeah, what's the Heather? It's the uh, well, right now it's seasonal. The Heather's seasonal. Sure. So like year round, you know, it's a caramelized coffee with oat milk. 
Some people like to go light ice. I think it doesn't taste the same with light ice. Also has to be medium. I don't like how it tastes when it's large. I think it's too watered down. <laughs> um, but right now I'm trying out the gingerbread iced coffee with oat milk, medium of course. And that was pretty tasty. No sugar. Um, I did go extra extra on everything like all throughout high school. So that's definitely not going to help that's, my teeth long term. So milkshake. I needed to make some, you know, adjustments. But uh, yeah, right now gingerbread iced coffee, medium iced coffee with oat milk. I think the oat milk has been a great addition to the Dunkin' menu. Um, definitely a game changer. So <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say with the medium because I know this is a big thing in high school. I, tr- I, I try to be a little more environmentally conscious now. <laughs> But, like, you need the medium so you can get the foam cup oh, yeah. to put over. Yep. <laughs> I don't even want to think about how many foam cups I went through, like, all throughout high school because we got one every single day. I'm so happy that they do not do that anymore. And I tried to bring, you know, my metal straw with me every time I walked to dunk it down the street. Um, my sister also just got me, like, an iced coffee cup for Christmas from oh, Dunkin', nice. which will fit a medium iced coffee perfectly. So hopefully when things start to go back to normal and you're able to bring in your own cups to Dunkin', like I'll be able to use that as well. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. The, the Heather is very green. Yes. So. <laughs> so, you know, maybe 10 years from now, you'll see the Heather on the menu. <laughs> oh, 10 at most. Like yes. I think one, you have another year like this year. Like, yeah. I just which, need to keep dropping 15 seconds off my 1500 <laughs> PR and I'll be in a good spot. <laughs> Perfect. That's actually the perfect segue because one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was that this is, I mean, obviously not to, you know, pandemic, been a very difficult year for everybody. Don't want to like uh, negate that in any way, but at least in terms of track times, <laughs> you've had a really good year, all things considered. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely say, I mean, we didn't really get any uh, actual like, racing, racing experiences. But we did get a few like time trial-like racing efforts, which I think um, were definitely very beneficial to me. And it really showed me how much we can persevere like throughout all this and how you don't really like need much to run fast times. So, of course, everybody in the beginning of the pandemic was in a very hard spot. Like uh, I was just training with my roommate at the time, Leanne, who's one of my teammates, and uh, my roommate, Dana, and we all kind of had different things for workouts and everything, but we found ways to work together, but there was definitely some slow days, some days that were very stressful, we didn't know what was going on, we didn't know um, what was safe, like what wasn't safe, so there was a lot of days off, there was a lot of days where we were just like not hitting any kind of mileage that we had been hitting in the fall, so it was nice to get to the end of the summer and finally be able to meet as a team and be able to put together some like mini time trials that uh, we were able to get fast times in. I was able to excel in an event that I haven't excelled in in a few years. So it was nice to revisit my roots a little bit with the 800 and uh, run some fast times that I didn't think I was capable of, you know, a year prior. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I will also say, I mean, it doesn't feel like it was this year, but you also PR'd in the mile this year at Milrose. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like Milrose like 10 years ago at this point, but it I was. know it was and like a, less than a year ago. Emotionally, it was 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, that was a big like stepping stone for me. And I PR'd uh, in, the, in the indoor 1500 technically too uh, this past year. So before obviously COVID really hit um, the United States pretty uh, bad. So... I was able to go into the year on like a really positive note and 
not that that positive note ever de- ever declined, but circumstances just change. So, and you have, I will say, the the nice thing about uh, living with professional runners yes. is there's there's the built-in pod there for oh yeah, training it was groups. really nice to have. My, both my teammates are 1500 meter runners as well. So I mean, both my uh, housemates at the time were 1500 meter runners. So it was really nice to have people to run and train with um, every day, but also people who were there for you and like completely understood what you were going through in the moment. You know, the Olympics didn't get canceled for some time. So we were kind of just all sitting on the edge of our seats for two and a half months until it actually got finally canceled and we were able to take a deep breath and be like, all right, like now we don't need to stress that we weren't able to do this and this and this and this and just focus on getting stronger next year. Yeah, that's for sure. And should we should say this is the time trial. I, I've talked about this many times. <laughs> you guys are not good at getting the word out. So. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you ran, what, two flat in the 800, mm-hmm. 405 in the 1500? Yes, and yeah. then 425 in the mile yeah and then 903 oh yes, the 3K? yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that was a few weeks ago which was really nice yeah so pretty good uh pretty good set of pandemic prs <laughs> yeah i i thought so yeah i was like i was mostly excited about the 800 because um it's been like a goal of mine for a really long time to run too flat i don't know why i mean i really wanted to break two that day so i was a little bummed about well, you gotta that. save something for next year yeah you know? i was like 20 two flat or something so or two oh oh point two flat or something so um it would have been like a world standard if it counted of course but it didn't but um i two flat is like one of those barriers for uh runners i think that once you get past that it's like all uphill from there kind of thing so it was really exciting to run that and uh to do it like in super random conditions like i think uh most of the time trial weeks we weren't aiming to peak at all so we were doing just the same mileage that we usually do and um not taking any like downtime up until the race because it was just a time trial and it was really chill the morning of like i remember one of the mornings i was listening to like taylor swift's new album and just like vibing on the way to practice and <laughs> so yeah <laughs> yeah so the the choice to do time trials instead of some of these these covid meets what you know kind of went into that Um, thought process definitely a few different factors um one being that we felt just very strong when there was minimal tests available and people were traveling for meets a it was very difficult to get testing done but b like we didn't think that we should be taking the tests away from like people who could um actually be needing those tests to see if they're COVID positive or not obviously so um Mark was really passionate about that and so were we just about making sure that there was only a small abundance of resources at that point and like we knew very little about the virus so that was in the beginning of the summer so now we know a lot more of course and uh there's definitely opportunities where we could have uh done some races but none of us really felt safe with traveling and I think we're a very unique city, of course, where we have so many professional runners and professional runner groups. We were talking about this yesterday in such a small distance from each other. I mean, like, just my house, for instance, I live with Dana, who's, like, a BAA runner, and then, like, Helen lives down the road. She runs for Saucony. Like, there's many opportunities to link up, and we just didn't really find it necessary to be traveling 
to some of these like areas that were pretty high in COVID numbers and when we could be running the same times just by ourselves like in uh, Massachusetts at a track that we practice at all the time it was just easier for us and we have like some of the best runners in the world right here in our hometown and we're really lucky for that and so we took advantage of that definitely this summer um I don't think it was wrong to travel to those meets as long as you were doing it safely of course but we just didn't think that it was really worth the hassle I guess you could say um well you guys are you know yeah. yeah I mean even your team alone obviously the Boston community and as a whole but you know it's like you have especially as a miler you know it's like you have some of the best milers in the country are oh, all yeah, like yeah. part of this team like you know it, it's so I always I always think crack it baby crack it <laughs> you know it's like I always, I always like self-appoint myself like the hype man of like the Boston the pro Boston. groups where, but but it is crazy you know it's like you run 410 in the 1500 and you're yeah. like the eighth fastest like yeah. miler in Boston and you know I think that you know, obviously, the New Balance women and, and you guys being able to race each other and is really valuable. Obviously, also mm-hmm. having, you know, male pacers around who are fast enough exactly. to pace yeah. you guys, which is getting hard. You know, poor Boz, like, <laughs> Ellie's getting <laughs> too fast. Like, like, road <laughs> track club guys, like, we really put them through the ringer this summer. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you guys are getting too good. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not easy to, to rabbit anymore. But, um, you know, I mean, I think that's that's one of the things that's so slept on is like you know people talk about like you know the Bowerman group and Boulder and whatever but it's like especially on the women's side you know like Boston is like where it's at for middle distance right now oh my gosh yeah and like it's we have a unique opportunity where our coaches like don't mind working together so oftentimes like the coaches of all the running groups in Boston are working together um, I mean, I call it like the trifecta. It's like Saucony, uh, BAA, New Balance Boston, obviously. And um, during COVID, not as much, but uh, in other times, like we're working together year round and like we're growing from each other. And uh, these are the people that we're going to be racing like at the elite level. So we learn from each other, we work together and like we, we become better athletes because of it. And I think that it makes Boston a really unique city or our teams are really unique in a sense that like we're able to recognize that there's other talent from other groups and not be secretive about it and be like hey like you guys want to work together and like make us all stronger out of it so I think that's really great and it obviously showed this summer when we were able to link up for different things and uh, put on a few time trials just within our community that were like really hush hush of course but Um, They were never meant to be super publicized, you know, they were just meant to be opportunities for us to show confidence within ourselves and be like, hey, like, this is what's going on in the world right now, but you've been working hard throughout it and like you now have something to show for it just for you. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's like, I'm I'm always of two minds too, where it's like, you know, part of me is like, because you guys are my friends and I'm like, I want <laughs> you guys you to be the know. biggest, well, no, yeah, I want, I want to know as yeah. your friend, but even as like, you know, the, you know, for the, like the capital S sport, I'm like, I want you guys to be like the biggest deal because yeah. like you're like, all <laughs> super fast and awesome. And then part of me is like, you know, more selfishly, I'm like, oh, it's kind of nice that like, you know, I, you, especially the New Balance group, mm-hmm. I think the Saucony group is, is kind of the same way as well. BAA is kind of its own more different mm-hmm. thing, but it's like, 
you lay low and then you do when you do like show up to the races it's like you yeah. pop off it's yeah. like I, I just think of you guys putting three in the final um at uh USA's mm-hmm. last year and and it's just like that's you know the results are good whether it's a time trial whether it's a race you know the results are going to be there when it matters if mm-hmm. you're fit exactly. so and and it's so nice to see you know that kind of pay off to like I think it's it's always the the balancing act right where oh, it's yeah. like you know how much do you you know personally but also you have your team as well like want to balance the exposure factor I guess yeah. <laughs> it's like building the brand for yourself versus you know um you know building you know doing your own thing you don't owe it to the world you know and, exactly and uh I, I definitely struggle with that a lot because in this day and age, like, I mean, especially for our sport, it's really great to build a brand for yourself. And, uh, but like you, you, it's a give or take, like you got to sell a little bit of something of yourself, like in order to build that brand for yourself. And it, it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of energy and like, you just have to make sure that it's not taking away from like what you're doing on your day to day, like taking away from your mental health. And it's beneficial to do it because, you know, that's where a lot of money is nowadays, especially for like online influencers. And it's nice to be able to grow that brand for yourself and like make a story for yourself. But also uh, sometimes like you, it's, it's just a lot of work. And like I personally, have struggled with that a lot because like I know it's like I struggle with it all every day I'm like okay I know this is like really good for my brand like this is really good for this but like also am I doing this for me or am I doing this for um this external whatever that is following my page and trying to get like it's it's a, a numbers count like a numbers game all the time and uh it's definitely sometimes nice to like really lay low with something like our time trials and know yourself that you ran the time that you did and like ran the way that you did and not have anyone else know it because you're like I know I'm confident in myself to this regard and like it didn't have to be publicized to the world so like what's going to happen when it is like what's going to happen when I'm in a race and like I'm put in the position to run a really fast time and I run a really fast time and like it's going to shock people and like I'm I'm more excited about that than uh, having everything like so public and like in this day and age everything's public so it's nice to have some things that are not as public I guess <laughs> yeah. yeah well anyways subscribe to Heather's YouTube channel yeah. <laughs> so my Spotify my SoundCloud <laughs> yeah you're dropping Actually, some hot my little brother has a SoundCloud I forgot what the username is but you guys should definitely follow He's if really you ever have a, a tweet blow up you can just drop his SoundCloud link yes, exactly. in there and then that will be um, I will, this is another like thing that we talk about all the time off mic in our real world. Um, but like, uh, one of the, one of the realities of being a female distance runner, apparently, oh it's like the DMs that you get. Oh boy. <laughs> Do you want to, I guess like, what's your, what's the craziest DM that you've ever gotten? The craziest? Um, I've had like a lot of pretty crazy DMs. And on weird social media platforms, like, I used to sell clothes on Poshmark, and I've gotten, like, weird DMs on Poshmark. Like, 
hey, like, lady, That's like you're looking one for step a man, above like, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is how much I'll give you for this. I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to sell, like, these, like, old Nike, like, sweatshirts. Like, I don't want, like, any of your attention. Um, there's been people who have, like, asked me for, like, my used running shoes and <laughs> other weird things. Like, definitely on a weekly basis. Like, we just being in that, like spotlight like me and the other new balance girls have like verified accounts so like they get some traction and like sometimes they don't always get traction from like the best accounts like usually they're mostly probably bots but they just like say they'll comment like weird things on our photos and uh in the boston running community we have this group chat where we just like send back and forth all the hilarious dms that we get because sometimes they're just so ridiculous and i'm like i really hope that this is a bot and like not someone sitting behind this computer screen but like sometimes you just know it is and you're like all right that's how people function nowadays and that's just how it is but like the same time I always think about that where I'm like, the number of times I've like been like, you know, shoot your shot, bro. Like, you know, it's yeah. like, just so life is short. Go for it. Put yourself out there. But then when like, but not you like guys that. get these DMs, I'm like, no, people should not shoot their shots. Yeah. Like, don't shoot it like that, at least. <laughs> um, We were talking about this like with our new guide teammate the other day because he was like, oh yeah, I like get DMs all the time, like asking for my singlets, like offering me money for my singlets. And I'm like, you get money, like, offered money for your singlets? Like, we get offered money to, like, be sugar babies. Yeah. <laughs> like, every week some guy's like, I will give you 500 euro and 100 extra euro for PB. <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, I don't want your money, sir. <laughs> um, do you, there is, first of all, who's your, is this not announced yet? Who's your new teammate? Oh, um, Drew Piazza. Oh, okay. He's a New England guy, too. He's actually from Danvers, so, um. Yeah, it hasn't been, like, super announced yet, but he'll, like, it'll, he's been training with us and everything, so hopefully he'll be an official teammate soon, but uh, he ran for UNH and then ran for Virginia Tech, and, um, yeah, now he's with us, so, oh, and he's exciting. a Danvers kid, so, like, he was in my He's an OG in Boston school. boy. Yeah, OG like, Boston boy, so we need more of those on the team. <laughs> this is one of, so you know how they did the track, also, I will say, so, before we move on, mm-hmm. um, a professional runner who shall not be named, because I hope that she's deleted it by now, um, posted a picture of her feet the other day. Oh. Did you see this? No free feet I'll name her. I don't care. Molly. Yeah, Molly Huddle posted just, like, a picture of her feet, because she had, like, a blister or something. And I'm like, Molly, (laughs) the number one rule of the internet is don't post feet pics. There was some guy, like, on the UMass campus who, like, would walk around, and I had at least three friends... Who he was like, hey, I'll give you 20 bucks if you let me photograph your feet. Uh, like, it just is weird. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes. I don't want to shame I'm not, anyone. I'm not fetish shaming like, people. Yeah, but like, like on a college campus, I don't know if you should be doing that. <laughs> yeah. And it's also, yeah. God, being a, being a woman on the internet is be, just Yeah. Horrible. Being a woman in the public eye on the internet is like sometimes not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> It's not all sunshine and rainbows. Sometimes you're getting really scary DMs and like really creepy DMs and getting threats from people who you're like, "Mm, I don't, I don't know this person. I think that they're a bot. Like, I'm not really sure. Um, and it's not okay. Like it should, it's a culture that needs to shift. But like, I think that we're also in a time where like a lot of people can hide behind their computer screens and like, it makes the woman feel unsafe for sure. Like definitely like it. But 
uh, I think that it's definitely a shift that needs to happen. I know there's like been a ton of guidelines and stuff set up by these social media platforms to like prevent that from happening, which is really helpful, but it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and I then mean, some of them are just flat out funny, but yeah, I got like, yeah. I mean, not even remotely comparable, but like the small fraction, excuse me, the small fraction of that that I get as like a, I don't want to say prominent, but like as a gay man on Instagram, oh, like yeah, it's like imagine. anytime I post anything that shows any sort of like skin or like something that might be a bulge, it's like, oh my God. Yeah, like, <laughs> but yeah, it's you just. You get attacked. You get swarmed. But then, yeah. uh, then again, that, that stuff sells, like it builds your brand. So. Well, and that like I, I said, always, we, we've talked about this a lot, but it's like, you know, there's also, there's the other shaming of it where it's like, we all know sort of the, the you know, the runners that there's, like, people will be like, oh, like, she just posts, like, thirst traps on the internet, and it's, like, and that's kind of, like, my, like, joking, like, thirst trap thing, where I'm, like, like, get, like, that's, you know, that should be okay, you yeah. know? It's, like, if you want to post a thirst trap, and it's for your own, you yeah. know, it's not to make anyone else feel bad, it's just to make yourself feel good, and frankly, like, the reality is that, like, for a lot of athletes, that's a huge component of it, not just in running, in every yeah. sport, like... It is that double-edged sword of, like, you know, there's always, like, all of social media, yeah. it's like... it's like you can post some, but you can't post too much, and, like, you have to be this amount of modest, and you have to be this amount of sexy, and, like, I don't know, I think that there's this quote that's, like, you, uh, you get criticized if you do, and you get criticized yeah, if you don't, Yeah, damn if you do, damn if you don't. Yeah, damn if you don't. Do whatever you want, you know? Like, I... If I think that you critic- can get that bag I, every, any way you hold want. Hold on. If by this quote, you mean there's a Casey Musgraves song. Yes. Casey Musgraves song slash quote that she must have taken for her song. But yeah. um, Casey Musgraves queen. Oh <laughs> Just want to point that out. Casey Musgraves Christmas music is like... Yes. It's like an Amazing. inappropriate level. Like my... Oh, God. My poor siblings. Because like we... We did the same thing you did for Christmas, where, like, we did the, we got tested in Massachusetts, Mm -hmm. and then we all drove down in my car, so we weren't being exposed Mm -hmm. to airports or anything, but, like, the number of, like, Casey Musgraves Christmas songs that my poor brother and sister (laughs) listened to over, I don't even feel bad for them, because they deserved to do it. Yeah, several six-hour car Their ears were blessed. Yeah. Um, Yeah, exactly. But, like, going back to that, it's, uh, women are... That's it's the world we live in and the culture is changing, I hope, and I hope that it continues to change, but you women get criticized for and, and like it happens in group too, like it happens between women and women. Like I have to catch myself daily being like, you know what, that dirt girl deserves to get that bag. Like <laughs> if she's gonna post a bikini pic, good for her. Like she worked for her body. Like there's no reason that she should be criticized online because of it. Like a guy can post, you know, some like random pic with his shirt off and no one says anything about it so like why should women be so criticized about the way they look and like the way this looks or the way that looks or if you're too square you're too curvy or you're too flat or like I don't know it's so stupid and yeah I think people get so caught up in it and that's why that's the other problem I have with like wanting to build that brand for myself is like I also don't want the criticism like I want to keep my brand niche enough that I'm like not having these people like on my photos criticizing like every which way I look and I so it's yeah it's like we said it's a double-edged sword and there's a ton of ways to go about it but like it's 
I honestly, like, I hope all women feel comfortable posting their bodies and, like, getting that back (laughs) and building their brand and uh, just doing what's best for them. And, like, I wish it didn't warrant the criticism from, like, online bots, but it's how it is. It's what the world we live in. It's ridiculous. And, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think one of the things I talked about in the last episode of the podcast with Emma Bates is, is there's also this weird... It's not even a double standard, but there's a different expectation um, on women to be vulnerable about a lot of things that are conversations in the running world. You know, I mean, you know, anxiety, depression, Mm -hmm. body image, disordered eating, any level of that. Like, you know, it's like there's so much for whatever reason, there's this it's there's this expectation on women that like you owe that to the world of like you have to or not that you have to but like that there's a level of like you should be forthcoming about your vulnerabilities and no one ever expects that of male runners you oh know? my gosh yeah absolutely I completely agree and it's something we don't think about a lot but it's definitely very true and uh even when you're trying to be vulnerable as a female athlete and like men- mentioning your struggles that you've had a lot of people are like, oh, she's doing that for attention. I'm like, why should that be the first assumption that somebody's doing it for attention and not to open up on the platform that they have as like a person who's in the public light and maybe show younger female runners or younger women runners that these are things that happen and like they happen to a lot of athletes and like we should be more open about it. And like I struggle with that a lot like we were also talking about this yesterday it's like what can you be vulnerable about and what can you not like I think some stories are portrayed more than others you know this is very uh like popular but this isn't like you can talk about depression but you can't talk about your eating disorder you can talk about anxiety but you can't talk about this and I think that the public picks and chooses what they want for like women to talk about publicly and they praise them for some things, but then, like, completely disown them for others. So, uh, and it's just something that you don't see as prominent among the, the male running community. Like, like we were saying, like, a lot of male runners are just like, yeah, I'm going to offer my opinion no matter what. And, like, these people are going to follow along with it. But, like, a female runner offers their opinion and, like, it's like, oh, she's doing this for attention. Like... Of course she's doing it for attention to some degree, but maybe to get the attention of other runners to show that they're not alone in this process, you know? And then also it's like, I think there's also the problem in our like, you know, kind of clickbait world of, you know, our friend Molly has talked about this a lot of like, she's like, well, I don't want to be the disordered eating runner or the Mm -hmm. OCD runner because that's what happens too. It's like you share one vulnerable thing about yourself and it's like, well... Now, the whole world wants you to talk about your trauma and only that, you know? Yeah, and, like, I definitely struggle with that, too, because, like, I, I feel like I have a lot different story than a lot of runners, and, like, I feel I'm very uncomfortable opening up about it because I don't want that to be how I'm labeled as a runner or, like, for people to, like, make excuses for me because of that. And, like, in my daily life, too, like, even, you know, when I was uh, working and stuff like that, like, I... It's, I think the public, like I said, picks and chooses, like, what stories that they want to portray. Like, oh, this success story is great, but, like, what about this story of adversity that's, like, happened to a lot more individuals? Like, I don't know, I I have a lot of, like, 
trouble with that because there's a lot of things that are still taboo today even with like how open our society has become like at least part of our society has become yeah. <laughs> well um, it's crazy how much is oh, i mean yeah. that's like we're talking i mean about. we're living in like a but massachusetts so very Bubble, different yeah. but uh like i would love to see more stories about like runners from low socioeconomic classes like how they've persevered and like made it into the scene today and like what they've had to endure and like not just like the average story of like the average run or that that elite runner who was like oh no and they wanted to do it their whole life and so like obviously every story is very great but I think it would be great to have more representation from all different types of stories and not just like the generic like this is a safe story so we're gonna go with it yeah and that's something that I think we you know, you talked about a lot with Dana where it's like, and, and we've talked about this a lot, where there's so much inherent privilege that's not talked about in pro running, where it's like you have that freedom to kind of chase the dream. A lot of people who do that have that opportunity because mm-hmm. they have all these inherent privileges, you know, sort of baked into their upbringing that they can take that risk. Absolutely, and you've, yeah. you know, you've talked about having to like work through college and like not really knowing how financial aid works and stuff, but it's mm-hmm. also like, you're also a damn good runner and you don't have to be like, for lack of oversimplifying, like, oh, she's the poor runner. Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. So like, uh, but I sometimes, yeah, it's, it's, it's all about like perspective, obviously. And, um, I think it's very great to recognize like all the different stories that are within our community and um I think that sometimes that's like not done enough you know for sure I uh and I just like wish I saw some like I'm starting to see it now of course like Dana's podcast is really great for it for sure and just showing representation and uh, discussing athletes and individuals that revolve around the sport that uh, don't like have a necessarily narrow path to what they're doing today. Yeah, I mean that that happens to me all the time. Where it's like, you know, number one thing I get asked to talk about if I ever get asked by someone else to talk about running is like, you're the gay runner. Like, <laughs> yeah, talk like, about okay, that. I have a personality outside of this. <laughs> well, that's also like that's a super important conversation yeah, of course, to have. It's yeah. like you know, I, I I've written talked about you know that experience like a lot, and it's so. Every time I do, it's so meaningful and fulfilling mm-hmm. to, like, get the response that I do. But at the same time, honestly, it's, like, I feel so, like, grateful to have, like, this podcast where it's, like, I have, as we all know, <laughs> anyone who follows me on Twitter knows, it's, like, I have takes that go yeah, way beyond. Yeah, hot takes. <laughs> David's hot takes. Yeah. And, and then everyone does. It's, like, everyone has you know, a perspective that goes way beyond just, like, their, you know, their 140 characters or less mm-hmm. summary of their running career. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, like, creating... That's actually one of the things I like about, like, the podcasting format is I feel like it does create the space for you to get the idea of someone as a full person mm-hmm. and be, like, you're not getting you're not getting the summary you know you're not getting the instagram caption summary of someone's life you know you're getting like the funnies the not so funnies the like tidbits of fun facts (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and it's like yeah and and i think there's 
it lets you set also your own story too, mm-hmm. which I think is really important. Where it's like I think, you know, the the good and bad. We like we were saying with the 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 balancing act of the performative nature of uh-huh. social media and running is like you, the good you can tell your own story how you want to tell it. The bad like. Even if you are crafting the story, like the audience might distill that down into, might frame it in a way that you don't want it framed, mm-hmm. or might simplify it beyond how you want it. Exactly, simplified. yeah. And yeah, I think it's great to get the full story. I mean, with any situation, of course. Like we always talk about, like seeing both sides, and you know, we live in a very, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like two sided society where you like have to choose one side or the yeah, other we're uh, we're all about we're, we're used to the binary you yeah know? the binaries like, that's yeah. what we're looking for <laughs> it's like we're, it's so easy you know our brains they want to clutch on i mean i i actually just started listening to this podcast called um you're wrong about and it's like four millennials you can't plug other podcasts on this okay. podcast ha- no I'm just but this is a good podcast <laughs> no, david you would love this podcast and it just discusses like a ton of different topics that we learned about like growing up you know like and in Nicole Smith, for instance. And, um, like, uh, Tanya... The, Harding. Uh, Tanya yeah. Harding. And a ton of different other topics. And just how we grew up in this, like, narrow space where there wasn't as much social media presence. And we just learned things from, like, the hearsay and, like, from this person and this person. And the, the narrow-minded... Uh, stories that we heard from one person to the next to the next and just how wrong like my perception of all these different topics were so different than what the actual reality is and I think same goes for these individuals like we see on Instagram every day like you know you follow a random runner on Instagram and you're like this is their life but like their life could be completely different than that I mean it's the same with like anybody their life could be completely different than that you don't know the struggles that they went through to get there like you don't know like how hard they worked and like you only saw a picture of them like running down a bike path and god knows where like with a pretty setting just being like whatever this is my workout today and like you can assume whatever you want off of that but um when you can we slice. want to assume like oh that they are this really great runner and like we want to follow them like you don't want to be like oh well this person endured all of this like their whole life and this is like how they've overcome all of that like you don't want to talk about that because it's taboo you know yeah and and you can slice and dice it however it's like you know if you're not the one telling your story you know ultimately somebody else is deciding what's exactly important yeah. And what's... yeah it makes you it makes it difficult to like take ownership of your own narrative for sure yeah and embrace that narrative and be confident about it and like i think that a lot of male runners feel a lot more confident doing that because they're put in a space where they are able to do that and that's why we see like all these great male youtubers and stuff like not as much like female youtubers Oh, yeah, we were talking about this yeah. I was say. <laughs> it's like you what can you put out there that's appropriate for the public to see and like that's just something that some individuals have the privilege of not having to worry about and I am saying that because it's the truth <laughs> yeah. this is like so this is so interesting so I'm like, this is not what I expected us to spend <laughs> I know, we're doing, 20 minutes talking we're doing about hot takes. we're getting real um, well, we're getting real yeah <laughs> 
we're getting real with the listeners right now. Like, if yeah. you want to go more into this to- topic, then you can email us. <laughs> oh my god. Speaking well, so one of the things that like Heather and I definitely have in common is like we have strong opinions about like our friends' lives and how they should live. <laughs> uh, so one so of the, going back to about how somebody should decide your story for yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> unless that somebody is being Heather. Yes, exactly, because we deserve to do that. Um, but no, one of the things I had mentioned before that I wanted to talk to you about is the sort of like um, navigating the running relationship or, or lack thereof. You know, I think we've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast, but sort of like, you know, a lot of runners day runners – Mm-hmm. Some runners date their coaches, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, some runners refuse to date runners. Like, <laughs> what's your take on sort of, like, the the marriage of the sport and a uh, dating life? I just think it's not great to mix pleasure and business. <laughs> That's my personal take on it, and I am personally not interested in that and I've seen some amazing love stories where individuals like fall in love with their teammates or their coaches or um, people within their small running community but I'm just like not personally interested in that (laughs) and I like it I tried that you know at the beginning of college not so interested in it anymore and um, that's just my personal take on it. I was gonna say you're putting me on blast. As yeah, because like, you're in love with another runner. Because yeah. <laughs> exactly my speed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. It's... I prefer to get to know the other sports. <laughs> love athletes. Love the other sports. <laughs> yeah. No. No narfs. <laughs> yeah. You need to have like athletic drive, but <laughs> yeah, that's the... not necessarily a runner. I like when you become a runner. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It serves your purposes. Yeah. Right? If you want to hang out, you're gonna need to learn how to run. <laughs> Yeah, it is weird, like, it's, it's so, I mean, it takes over so much of your life in a way that, like, so few other things, you know, I mean, it's wrong to call it, you know, either a job or a hobby, mm-hmm. I feel like is too reductionist of, like, how much, like, being a, quote-unquote, being a runner, like, mm-hmm. impacts your life, and, like, it is... Yeah, it's so interesting because we see all kinds. You know, it's yeah. like I've seen successful relationships where it's like... Oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. Runner, runner. I've seen like runner has never even remotely contemplated running. Uh-huh. Like, it's so... It's interesting. It's definitely... Um, I think our community is so tight-knit too that like I'm, I'm a pretty cautious person and I'm like if something went wrong... Oh yeah, everybody knows everybody. <laughs> yeah, like, everyone knows everyone. Like... It, it's it'll be wild and I think every different strokes different folks you know like running like wasn't my whole life until like up up until a few years ago and I think that because of that maybe I have a different perspective on dating and I am interested in individuals who aren't necessarily like interested in running to the level of that I am <laughs> fair enough yeah, yeah and some people are so that's completely fine and everybody's different in that regard and there's no judgment on either end <laughs> yeah no it's definitely yeah it's weird it's so I feel like the the take is like don't don't be unaware of it it's like, because I think that's where you run into problems. It's like, oh, yeah. you're either in, you know, it's like if you're into runners, if you're not into runners, it's like, if you're not conscious of like how much this is going to affect your relationships, mm-hmm. that's, 
That's the problem for sure. Yes. And everyone, like, knew that person in college or high school who had speed goggles. So <laughs> that was, like, always a thing. Like, everyone has somebody who was like that. And uh, I feel like I'm a little like that. So yeah, you might have speed right goggles, David. <laughs> you, you definitely have speed goggles. I mean, yeah, I don't... Zach ran, what, like, the second yeah, fastest no, 50K so of all yeah. time. <laughs> Very attractive qualities. Yeah, it is. I feel like... Uh, yeah, I feel like I have a uniquely, um, my taste is uniquely uh, suited towards distance runner because I also <laughs> feel like I have a little bit of a like, like I like somebody who's like a little nerdy uh, and like a lot of distance runners are a little nerdy. <laughs> yeah, see, I feel like I don't really have a type, so like I just feel like, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Do you, that's, uh, we've talked about this before, but it's like. <laughs> You know, like the Tinder deal breakers. We need to give the listeners advice right now where it's like, no selfies. Oh, yeah. No selfies on Tinder. Um, no fish pics. Or hinge. I do not care how big the fish you caught was. Oh, my gosh. No. Your fish is ridiculous. Yeah. I, actually, it depends. Like, if you're doing like, a funny pose with the fish, that's pretty funny. <laughs> what is a lie. funny pose with the <laughs> like, fish? Like, I don't know. Like, if you're doing something funny that's like, you're doing it for comical reasons, it's different. It's a different yeah. story. Um, you also need to balance it out too because it's like you can't if you're like all funny no serious you're like like what is exactly. going on here and then if you're well, all that's serious that's the problem with the selfies is like oh yeah no selfies yeah no selfies no selfies and no like excessive group shots it's like if there's 10 people in this so photo like, don't make you? me figure out which person you are yeah <laughs> yeah I like did this I studied psych undergrad and I did a research paper on like Tinder attitude. I really? What was it about? I just dug it up from like the graves of my assignments from college and it was um all about like the different, I, I interviewed a ton of people on campus and like what they use Tinder for, like hookup versus relationship or um, how they feel, like Tinder has impacted their dating life and it's a really interesting paper and maybe I should like try to revisit it and see if I can like remake the study or whatever, but um. Yeah, it's Well, t- like, Tinder's out of date now, right? Like, I don't, I don't know what you straights use, oh, yeah. but it's, like, hinge, like... Oh, yeah, Tinder's know. definitely out of date. <laughs> <laughs> like, Tinder's, like, the hookup, like, I feel like it's the hookup app now. Yeah, no, um, that's... Uh, like, oh. not that I have dating apps on my phone, but... It's, well, yeah, yeah, also, it's, like, crazy that it's, like... I mean, God, like, fuck being single during a pandemic. Like, oh my I don't God. even know how you balance Actually, that at all. Like, F being single during a pandemic, but also I... I've had a lot of friends who have, like, fallen in love during this pandemic, and honestly, I've been very excited for them. Like, they've been able to do it safely and, like, develop these amazing partnerships that I'm just so happy for, and uh, it's been really great to watch from the sidelines. <laughs> this is a unique time, and, like, yeah, we're like... going to look back on this and be like, hey, like, remember that, like, guy or girl or that you dated, like, during this pandemic that, like, you FaceTimed for three months before you met and you completely fell in love? Like, well, it's, it's also, so like, strange. it's a weird... I, I don't want any effects of the pandemic to, like, move forward, mm-hmm. but, like, if there's one effect that I do, it's, like, there's a little bit of a... Not, like, a carpe diem, but, like, there's a little bit of a, like, you gotta... Like, life is short... And, like, yeah. you're not trying to, like, risk oh COVID gosh. exposure for nothing. So, like, there's there's a little bit of a, you know, it's like we saw all these people that, like, 
were casually dating at the beginning of the pandemic yeah, and then the pandemic hit like and it's like relationship you're, you're basically like, this person's gonna pull out a ring any moment yeah you're forced to really decide and i feel like that's like one of the covid things is like if you are dating it's like you can't waste your time oh my gosh <laughs> you know? no. like... and I, I actually really admired it because like i like to think that i have like old-fashioned morals in that work in like the dating regard not really but like i like in my maybe it's just the way i grew up i'm like i grew up around disney movies so i just like fantasize this like love at first sight thing and like this really like sometimes i see my friends get into these relationships like during this pandemic and i'm like it just feels like love at first sight like they just it ended hookup culture. Like, these people aren't getting ghosted anymore because it's like, this is a pandemic, you know? You gotta cut the crap and yeah, just, like, see what's like, up. Like, I think that social media and, like, dating apps and stuff has really, like, opened up our dating pool and, like, this pandemic has kind of limited it. And then I think that brings us back to, like, a simpler time where you're like, hey, these people were brought into your life for a reason and, like, there's a lot fewer people and, like, you're gonna find, you're gonna more easily find the person that you belong with because there's less options out there. Yeah, this is, on, yeah, ooh, this is, really cool. this is a hot take I have that actually almost directly contradicts something I said 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love it. But, Send like, it. in this day and age, like, the DM slide is a perfectly legitimate, like, method of like engagement yes like, oh my and gosh yeah let me clarify not the totally out of nowhere like not the like i'm gonna offer you one thousand dollars yeah plus 100 extra for pb slide but yeah i know but like <laughs> that's like such a that's the tw- that's the pandemic slash 2020 like version of the like friend of a friend where it's like dating apps are weird like dating apps mostly suck whatever but it's like Okay, you find somebody that, like, you think it's is cute, you follow the same, like, 30 people on mm-hmm. Instagram, just, like, follow them, wait till they post, like, a story that's, like, vaguely replyable to, uh-huh. and then, like, you're in. Like, to me, I'm like, that's the, that's the friend of a friend method online, and, like, I've always feel like that's the most successful, like, because you have that, like, credibility of, like, Okay, we have me we have mutual friends, so you know I'm not like a serial killer, but also we're like not close, so it's not like weird intra friend group dating, like True. True. Yeah. So I'll say if you're if you're single and like trying to mingle and you see like a cutie on Instagram, like don't be weird about it, but just like I also think that like most people like the I think there's a like a DM threshold, you know, like if you're like replying to like every one of somebody's stories and well, that's like take a hint. Yes. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's a different story, I guess. I mean, it's the same as like if you're texting somebody a hundred times and they yeah. text you back like once every ten times. Like maybe you shouldn't like text that person anymore. Like the <laughs> chances are like they're not that interested at least right now. But yeah, I mean, I totally agree with your method of like sliding into the DMs. I think that. It's the most accessible way to access people right now. Yeah, see, like, like you're not gonna see them at like a party like four months from, or whenever because like, like nobody we don't go to parties anymore. To me, that's you're not gonna less, see them at Golden Temple. That's so much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, as opposed to all the loves of our life, we met at Golden Temple. Yes, no one's ever met the love of their life at Golden Temple. <laughs> uh, but no, it's like you know, it's like to me, it's like that's way less awkward to like be like 
you know, reply to your story, I love that same beer. Like, let's talk about, like, Treehouse. Yes, you know, it's exactly. Like, that's way more natural than just, like, being on a dating app and be like, She's like, hey, I'm Hi. interested. Do you want to take a socially distanced walk with me? <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's so weird how our, our worlds have realigned to, like, because that's the other thing. It's is simpler like, times. Simpler. It's like, yeah. cut the crap. Like, I remember in middle school and, like, high school, I'd get, like, DMs on, like, MySpace or, like, Facebook, and that just, like, went away. And, uh, not that I, like, to post DMs or should have even been DMing people in MySpace and Facebook when I was in high school and middle school, but... Oh, the, um, the, like, the fact, I was actually reminded of this when I went home for the holidays, but I'm, like... The fact that, like, my, everything about my internet presence now is, like, vaguely rooted in, like, my Tumblr days. <laughs> oh, my God. I had a Tumblr, but I never posted on it. Oh, I still, to this day, the most followers I've had on any social media was my Tumblr really? in, like, 2010. Why yeah. am I not surprised by that at all? You were an OG <laughs> Tumblr guy. <laughs> I was an OG Tumblr guy. Um, that I don't know if that ages me or what. Oh, it doesn't just age you. Like, you have, like... You- you like street cred yeah you have street cred because you were tumblr guy <laughs> um but yeah no i Ooh, before we get to our final question this might be like it's almost like an adaptation of the instagram crush oh, yeah but like i feel like you'll be a good test balloon for like whether this needs to be like a recurring theme what's in your tiktok feed right now oh my god so i feel like that says so much about like <laughs> that's very true like the algorithm on t- whatever the people at TikTok are doing—it's way too it's effective. Too good. Yeah. It's too good. All right. So about every third or fourth TikTok is like a card reading. So I don't know what that means. Um, I'm on Witch Talk. Prison Talk often shows up in my feed. <laughs> oh um, wait, hold on. All right, wait. Yeah, continue. I'm putting a pin in that. What else is on my TikTok? Um, f- like funny millennial things that like only millennials would understand. So that ages me a bit, I guess. Um, I don't get any dancing videos whatsoever. Like, I'm so happy about that. Like, I'm so happy I made it this far. Um, I'm also, I, like, am very interested in, like, the law and policy. So, I'm, like, on law and policy TikTok. And, so, yeah. That's, <laughs> That's what's I, on my feed right now. <laughs> I will say, I've said this before. I don't know if i said this on the podcast, but, like, the amount of lesbian TikTok that I is <laughs> like, I don't know if it's because, like, I follow Nikki or, like, because I don't follow that many people on TikTok. So I feel like the, you know, it's like the 20 people I follow have, like, an outsized influence yeah. on my algorithm. But I also love lesbian TikTok mm-hmm. because it's, like, the funniest, like, it's just the most real and funny mm-hmm. element of TikTok. Um, but that's like, I always joke, I'm like, I think like t- my algorithm thinks that I'm like a 40 year old lesbian. <laughs> but then like, every time I start to think that, like, it'll just be like a like shirtless gray sweatpants twink will come on. Like, oh yeah, like, just kidding. I'm a 26 year old female. <laughs> he's a gay man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's so funny. That's, I feel like I have to make that a recurring question. Oh yeah. You have to. TikTok feed is like very important. People who are like anti-TikTok at this point to me, I'm just like, what? Like, it's your loss. <laughs> You're missing out. Honestly, they might be taking all this data from me and like selling me to all these ad companies. But at the same time, I'm learning so much from TikTok Worth than it. I've ever learned in my life. I also really like trans TikTok. Um, I think it's super hilarious. And I think that it offers me a lot of information that I didn't previously know, but also I think the way 
that these trans men and women on TikTok, like, troll the public about what they are saying about them absolutely kills me. It's so funny. I think that it just goes to show, like, sometimes I forget about, like, how ignorant some people are. And it's a good reminder that there's those people out there, but also that, like, it's just completely ridiculous what they're saying. Well, I think of that about, like, um... Like, it's so... Nothing makes you funnier than, like, having to overcome, like, severe trauma. Yeah. <laughs> like... I, yeah, I have a very dark sense of humor. Like, I think that um, some people, it doesn't rub the right way. But, like, I think that it's helpful to people who do understand yeah, a dark sense absolutely. of humor. <laughs> um, before we get to our final questions, yeah. you said something that made me... Reminded me of... I can't believe I haven't talked about this. So your mom is Wiccan? Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) So basically, I grew up in Salem, Mass, and my mom uh, is a witch. So, yeah, that's we are related to the town sisters who were three witches that were hung during sandwich trials. And that we have that ancestral tie. And I like to say that, like, it impacts me greatly today because I wake up during the witching hour every night, and it's pretty freaky. Um, but yeah, my mom is like the biggest character I've ever met in my whole entire life. And I want to have your mom on the podcast. <laughs> my mom on the pod would be like crazy. She's a very interesting woman. She's also overcome a lot. Like she raised seven children on her own. So amazing for her. <laughs> but she's definitely crazy because of it. Um, but yeah, she's a witch. And uh, I think that's why I'm on witch TikTok because I like... Not, I, I am not, like, particularly religious in any way, but I think that, like, Wiccans uh, bring us an understanding of simpler times. Of course, like, going back to the simpler times thing, it went before pharmaceuticals, like, before this, before that, and there's a lot of um, explanations within uh, our everyday life that we don't see because we're, our judgment is completely clouded by our capitalistic society and I like it we've lost touch with like these different herbs and like different uh uh behavioral patterns that impact our everyday life so yeah yeah I think it's really cool religion (laughs) yeah I I feel like it's like one of those things where it's like people no one understands what like that actually entails (laughs) so like I guess like what's the if you could pick like what's like a witch practice that like should like everyone should like a witch get practice? on board with yeah ooh um ooh that's a good question I would say like manifestation of course I think that you see a lot of these like books and um podcasts and articles with like Olympians and people who uh are billionaires and uh very successful individuals um that use manifestation to a certain extent they're like i wrote on my uh, mirror every day for a year that i was going to do this or that these were my goals every single day for the whole year and that's manifestation and i think that that's really big in the wiki community and it's i think it works it definitely works i think there's definitely a difference between like manifestation and like setting your intentions and uh finding practical ways to achieve those intentions but it is really cool and it's very popular on TikTok right now. <laughs> manifestation methods, but uh, yeah, definitely manifestation. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I feel like the, you know, it's like a, it's a, 
it's the new year. People mm-hmm. are trying to like, you know, New Year's. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? No. I don't, I don't have any yet, yet, so I'm trying to solicit from yeah, other Yeah, I haven't developed any yet. So I like, I don't know if I had a New Year's resolution last year, but yeah, I don't have one right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel maybe I will make mine to be more uh to be more conscious with my goal setting and oh, to manifest yeah, see? yeah. exactly I like um that. yeah I think that's a really good goal and like I I think writing things down in general is like very helpful and it, I have definitely tried lately to like be more reflective of what I'm doing every day like that's not mes- necessarily manifesting for the future but it's at least helping me like be reflective of what's going on. When I was here last week and you were last night and you were frantically writing. Oh my to do list, which is still on the counter and nothing has been accomplished. It's right here, actually. Let's see. Ship out repat shirts, figure out 401k stuff from UMass. Yeah, that's um there's another podcast that does this so I can't steal it but it's like someone who's like read like read uh pick a note on your phone and just like read oh it my with gosh. no context my notes on my phone are like so disorganized it's not even funny so I could never do that <laughs> my notes on my phone are like uh mostly grocery shopping that I yep. like have forgotten to delete or books that I want to read oh that's a good yeah. one yeah I have a I, somewhere I have a movie one um I have one I think I tweeted about it the other day that's like uh things to buy when I have money mm-hmm. oh my <laughs> god like, yeah you did tweet about yeah. this the other day I thought that one was hilarious which sounds like way more I don't think people realize how small I'm thinking mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's like not like cars it's like things it's like like small practical things but it's we're things just that aren't a necessity <laughs> but are like a like Thirty to fifty dollar purchase that yeah. I wouldn't just like, make for reusable, no like uh, reusable like Tupperware containers. Yeah. Like that's like so I like I bought like nice fancy. I bought like a new set of pillows, and it's like that's oh. like the classic thing where it's like yeah. I wouldn't. It's like a little too expensive to just like do it willy nilly, but like mm-hmm. I'm like oh if I ever like if I'm having a good credit card month yeah like now's the time yeah, you know exactly take advantage. <laughs> yeah. For sure. All right. Well, our final three, you have to go uh, in oh, yeah. very soon. But um, <laughs> our final three questions, we ask all our guests. Uh, the first one is, who is your Instagram crush? And it doesn't have to be like a crush like a person, but like if you want to shoot your shot, go for it. It can be just like, what are you Instagram into on the internet? Um, oh my God, that's such a good question. I, I think I have two. Like, I think I have a TikTok crush. And yeah, Instagram. I think mine's a TikTok crush. So go, so feel free. So my TikTok crush is, uh, oh, I have two TikTok crushes. Ghost Honey on TikTok. Nice. Hilarious. Um, and then the Korean vegan. So funny. And also the stories that she tells, like, while she's cooking these amazing meals. It's just really inspirational. And then on Instagram... Man, I don't, I don't know if I have an Instagram crush right now. That's fine. No, so Instagram crush okay, is I'll like... I'll stick with TikTok. It's a broad category. Yes. It can be like anything on the internet. Oh, and yeah. Flossy Baby. On, oh my on, God, Flossy on Baby. On TikTok, so she's good. so funny. I've started saying the like, okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I, she's so funny. So yeah, yeah those three. Um, my, my Instagram crush is a TikTok crush also. Um, the uh, Steve Newmeyer, who is a... Oh, yeah. Do you follow him? No, I don't follow him, but I know who you're talking about. Really? <laughs> I've uh, seen him. <laughs> he, so he's a Cornell steeplechaser who I didn't overlap with, but is like 
below me. Like, mm-hmm. he was a freshman when I graduated. Um, he has a hysterical and, like, slightly deranged TikTok. That <laughs> <laughs> um, is very I've excellent. I've seen his talks in my feed, and Dana has shown them to me. I was going to say, you've probably seen them because I, yes. like, interact with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's hysterical. Like, he has a lot of... Like, both, like, running and gay content that I'm like, if I had less <laughs> inhibitions, this. like, this is what I would yes. be putting out into the world. Um, so he's great. So everyone follow him. Um, the next is your go-to karaoke song. It's your time to shine. What are you singing? Oh, my gosh. Go-to karaoke song? That's another great question. Maybe, like, Hit Me Baby <laughs> That's a good one, yeah. Spears. I can't really think of one. The last time I did karaoke, I think we did Old Town Road. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's like also a good week. one. Yeah. Oh, Britney Spears. That's a good one. I yes. feel like I, we haven't gotten many Britney, Britney Spears. Britney doesn't get enough attention. Like, bring Britney back. Yeah. <laughs> Justice for Britney. Yes. Um, Save Britney, free Britney. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if I did a Britney one, it would probably be um, Lucky, because I feel like the oh, drama... Oh, yeah really is conducive to, like, a, a karaoke performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, great choice. And then last but not least, your death row meal. You're going to the chair. You have one last oh meal. Gosh. You can eat anything you want. It doesn't have to be realistic. Like, it can be, like, your mom's apple pie or something like well, that. Well, first I would love to say that the death ben- penalty should be abolished. Oh, yeah. Next. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> now, now that I'm away from my wild leftist ideas, <laughs> I would love to say... I don't know what my my last meal would be like what's like a go-to of mine I think this just sounds like very lame but two eggs uh over easy with bacon that's a classic um and uh corned beef hash and then two pieces of rye toast with butter that's a good one yeah I (laughs) when I was home over Christmas My family doesn't make bacon that much, but, oh. like, when we do make bacon... You ever do the thing where you fry the eggs in the bacon yep. grease? Like So good. That hits different. Yeah, like, it does. It's, it's amazing. You're like, I'm, like, gonna die a year earlier than I would before because of how healthy this it's was. But, like, yeah, it was worth it. Um, for sure. Well, thank you so much. This is Thank been you, David. So I'm so much happy I finally got to be on your dude. podcast. <laughs> I know. This is... I feel like... We could talk for another three hours. But, oh, for sure. Uh, well, we'll you, do another. You have an 8.30. Oh, yeah. No, you can just come on every week. Like, it'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a different topic every week. It'll be great. That would be... Boston I, running community hot takes. Yeah, I feel like that would be a good, like, sub podcast is, like, just, like, pick a subject and then we just, like, provide our hot takes on that oh, yeah. subject. In what our, like, knowledge base of the subject. I would love that. Yeah, I think you, me, and Dana, like, we don't even need guests. Like, no. the three of us could just do that. We could go off. For 200 if episodes. If you need uh, anything about Wiccan Tree, Wiccan Tree, I don't even know if that's the word for it. <laughs> um, local murders, I'm really into that. I got oh, all, all right. the info you need on that. Also, um, great. There's apparently uh, somebody randomly attacking people in Waltham right now, so don't go to Waltham. Oh, okay, um, yeah, I'll stay away from Waltham for my sure. My mom <laughs> gets... Uh, WCVB alerts on her phone even though she has not lived in Boston in seven years Um, and then we'll just text me randomly being like don't go to Waltham you'll get murdered or like (laughs) are you alive somebody got in a car accident in Alston today and I'm like yeah thank you for checking
Um, yeah. Well, Anyways, thanks, David. Thank you. This Until next time. Is brought to you by Treehouse Brewing. <laughs> Treehouse Brewing. Yeah. Uh, use the discount code uh, Heather Tree. Uh, <laughs> Heather Tree ten percent. Yeah. Uh, ironically, you'll get fifty percent if you use the ten percent. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Code, but. <laughs> All right. All right. Until next time. This has been Run Your Mouth. Bye. Mouse.